topics that have been coming right on top of each other. So this episode will cover two issues. G.I. Joe number four by Paul Aller and Nico Walter, and G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 269 by Larry Hama and Robert Atkins. Let's begin with G.I. Joe number four. The issue picks up some of the threads of the Joe's successful destruction of the Millville Bridge, but really focuses on Major Blood's investigation and his motivations about working for Cobra. It opens five years in the past. We get an extreme close-up of the Major killing a man named Broca. He brings his badge to a new character named Lara Demon, who works for Cobra Technologies. Broca's killing has apparently been ordered by the CEO, who prefers the title Commander. Blood tells Demon that Broca was selling secrets and information to Destro and Mars Industries. Blood's internal monologue states that Broca really did it because he thought the Commander would save the world, but he turned out to be another would-be dictator. We jump to the present, and Major Blood has been summoned to Cobra Headquarters and is meeting with Cobra Commander the Baroness, and the Commander's Chief of Staff, Laura Demon. And if your last name is pronounced Demon, you pretty much have to work for the bad guys, don't you? Major Blood is trying to use the Millville incident as justification to show the Resistance is a threat and that he needs additional troops and funding. The Baroness just wants to destroy the town like Indianapolis. Blood says that there are better ways to end the Resistance and maintain power without turning everyone against them. The Commander says the power is only a means to an end, and that they can't stop when they're so ready to begin, which makes Blood wonder, begin what? Demon convinces the commander to allow Blood time to uncover the resistance. Unknown to everyone else, Blood has already uncovered an important lead, Tiger. The next scene shows Blood questioning the elderly couple that runs the grocery that Tiger ran deliveries for before joining the Joes. The husband is very tight-lipped, trying to protect Tiger. Blood has the husband taken away for an interrogation. The wife gives up Tiger's name, but her husband is still taken away. Blood's internal monologue continues. We learn that he has a grudge against Destro since he supplied weapons to the Taliban, weapons that were used against Blood and his regiment during his time in the Australian military. Blood's investigation leads him to look at unusual power usage, hoping that it will lead him to the Joes. This trail leads Blood not to the Joes, but to a secret Cobra research facility. He sees Dr. Mindbender teleconferencing with Destro, on projects for the commander. Blood is discovered and the guards attempt to capture him, meaning that this place is to be kept secret even from him. Blood kills the two guards, gains entrance to another lab, and finds more technicians and guards. Dr. Mindbender discovers this carnage and contacts Demon and the Baroness. Mindbender blames the murders on the Joes and requests that Major Blood be brought into the fold. Demon shoots that idea down because Blood will not look favorably upon their alliance with Destro. After signing off, Mindbender addresses Major Blood, who is hiding in the shadows of the office. He has covered up that Blood has been the infiltrator and has done the killing. Mindbender reveals that this lab is not for weapons, but for new technologies that the commander can use to save the world. Blood, for the whole issue, has been saying that he joined Cobra because of the stability it offered. Being part of Cobra allowed him control. His conversation with Mindbender shows Major Blood that he has no control at all. Cobra Commander has total control, and Blood is just a pawn to be used. Mindbender also hands him a folder with information on Tiger that he got from the shopkeeper's interrogation. In his apartment, Major Blood resolves that he must destroy everyone who has wronged him and cost him control over his life. It's a list that includes Destro, Mindbender, the Baroness, and Cobra Commander himself. He will act against his enemies one day, but not yet. This issue was a fantastic. We get a look at the mind of Major Blood, who's been the main villain of the series so far. Blood's a mercenary. He works for money, 
but he was also looking for stability and control over his world. He thought working for Cobra would give him that, but he discovered that he had no control at all. Blood was just another puppet, and the commander pulls all the strings. Blood finds that he's been betrayed, just like Broca was at the beginning of the book. We also get a look at the inner workings of Cobra. Back in the glory days of the Marvel run of G.I. Joe, most of the fun of the book came from each of the principal Cobra agents trying to outmaneuver each other and seize control for themselves. This book brings that back in spades. It's especially important to note that Destro has offered to sell weapons to the Joes, but is still actively working for Cobra. So he's definitely playing at both sides of the street as well. Next up is G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 269. It's Snake Hunt, part 4. Laura 343 delivers Throwdown, whom everyone thought was Snake Eyes, to the clutches of Cobra Commander and Dr. Mindbender in Springfield. Cobra Commander is so thrilled that he makes Laura 343 the head of security for the Snake Eyes project. Laura's not sure how to handle this honor. They wheel their prisoner into the community center and down through numerous basements, sub-basements, and sub-sub-basements, and past many different reinforced areas with poison gas, flamethrowers, and explosive devices to the highest security area. These pages will make you hum the Get Smart theme as you read them. The commander orders everybody out, except for Laura. He orders a viper to give her his weapon and ammunition. Then she gets a trank gun and poison gas canisters, another assault rifle, more ammo, the commander's personal pistol, grenades, and a handgun that no one seems to know what it is. It reminds me of that scene in The Jerk where Steve Martin just walks out of his house grabbing random stuff to take with him. Hey, Laura, all you need is this lamp. No, all you need is this lamp and this chair. As they leave, Dr. Mindbender reminds Cobra Commander that they also have to take care of the energy weapon that the Joes have in Manhattan. Outside the community center, a Cobra trooper stops to question a pizza delivery guy. The delivery guy pulls out a hypnotic medallion and does a Jedi mind trick on the trooper. It's Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball finds out that Snake Eyes is being held there. He drives off to inform Zartan, but first, to maintain cover, he's got to deliver some pizzas. His first delivery is to a house where Horror Show answers the door. As Horror Show is paying for the pizza, he seems to stop and blank out. Colonel Breckoff jumps in and says he's having a seizure. He orders Dragonsky and Dana to get two bags of ice from the gas station. While they're out, Breckoff opens up Horror Show's chest and pulls out a blown fuse. This part has Revanche printed on it. Horror Show and probably the other thought-to-be-dead guardsmen are Revanche cyborgs. The part is replaced and Horror Show is brought back online just before Dana and Dragonsky come back. Meanwhile, Crystal Ball has informed Zartan not only of Snake Eyes' location, but of the presence of the October Guard. Zartan and the Dreadnoughts have been hiding out in a bar in the Jersey Marshes, close to Revanche headquarters. Buzzer has been watching Revanche and tells Zartan that the Iron Grenadiers are working the assembly lines. Zartan tells Crystal Ball to sit tight and keep watching the community center. In Utah, the Joes are getting ready to mount a rescue operation. We see Steeler asking Crankcase and Rollbar for help getting the MOBAT ready. That's right. Crankcase is supposed to be dead, but there he is, called by name in the panel. In the command center, Hawk reminds Duke that there should, could be some serious consequences if Cobra discovered that Throwdown is not the original Snake Eyes. Duke calls up Joe Colton and Jane in Manhattan for satellite images of Springfield. As they're calling them up, a Cobra Stellar Stiletto takes out their main satellite. Jumping to Revanche headquarters, we see that Destro and the Baroness have been recaptured by the Blue Ninjas. Alpha-001 promises to use more extreme methods to get them back under his control. Destro and the Baroness are being led away to their fate when one of their guards takes out the other one. 
This blue ninja is Zartan in disguise, and Zartan tells them to follow him. We get another quick scene in the East Village in New York where the Arashikage clan has gathered to mount its own mission to free Throwdown. In our final scene, we cut to Fort Wadsworth. Clutch, Rock and Roll, and Stalker are getting ready to join the rescue efforts. A jeep pulls up to the motor pole, and a chaplain's assistant tells them that he's brought a civilian from the front gate that was asking for them. It's Wade Collins, and he's come to help rescue his son. This issue has a ton of moving parts. We finally get to check back in with the Dreadnoughts at the October Guard. Plus, we start to get some answers as to how the October Guard is alive in the first place. About half a dozen factions are converging on Springfield, and it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. That's all for this episode. It doesn't look like there's a new Joe book coming this week, so take the time to catch up on your reading. Until next time, I'll sign off by saying I'll see you at the Comics Rack.